In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. I'd like to welcome you all this evening, people in person here, as well as those of you around the country, New Jersey, Connecticut, Atlanta, wherever you are and joining us this evening for this short time of prayer with our Lord. We want to shut out, shut the door of our room, try to turn down the noise, and spend this time with our Lord Jesus Christ who's here with us. And it's such an important time to pray because this is Lent, a time when we ponder the sufferings of Jesus, contemplating those 40 days that Jesus spent in prayer and fasting before he began his and it began a tradition in the church that in the 40 days leading up to Easter, those who were being baptized, the catechumens and their godparents or sponsors, would pray and fast as a preparation for that baptism. And it spread throughout the whole church. And so it's imperative now in this time that's full of grace for us to enter more deeply into Jesus's sufferings and to let our hearts be moved by what you suffered for us, Lord. And to live those days of the passion and see how much Jesus suffered for us. Traditionally in the church, people contemplate the stations of the cross during these days. Lent could be a good time even to contemplate one of those stations of the cross every day to keep it in mind, to penetrate it. Or perhaps to contemplate those seven last words of Jesus on the cross. Again, a tradition in the church. People meditate those seven last words. We could take one a day each week and think of those words that you spoke to us on the cross, Lord. Of course, we also can contemplate the seven sorrows of Mary. Traditionally, we contemplate what Mary suffered as she lived those hours with you, Lord. To enter into those moments, we can think for a moment about when they're nailing Jesus to the cross, and you cry out, Lord, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. What an incredible 
moment. You're being nailed to the cross and you're asking God the Father to forgive us that we don't know what we're doing. The devil tries to turn you against us, but you remain faithful to laying down your life for us. I trust only in a love like that, Lord, like your love. How could I not trust in your love for me? And love is repaid by love, St. Teresa of Avila said. What does God ask of us? He's not asking of us physical things or money or he's asking us for love. And he won that love for us on the cross. Another thing we can do during this time of Lent is just to contemplate the crucifix, to contemplate the cross, to have a cross, to carry it with you, to kiss the wounds of our Lord. St. Thomas Aquinas said that his only textbook was the crucifix. In the crucifix, the crucifix contains everything Jesus came to teach. So this can be a most fruitful season for all of us. And we can tell our, our Lord now, if we dare, Lord, I want to go deeper this Lent. I don't want to stay on the sidelines. You know, we can think, what if Simon of Cyrene had turned down another street when he heard those soldiers coming and he saw that tumult coming towards him? He could have turned down a street and avoided all that hassle. But if he ran away, instead of meeting Jesus that day, he would have missed the most important moment of his life. Let's not miss this chance, this Lent, when Jesus is coming again, passing by, carrying his cross. Let's not miss this chance. He's coming, looking for us, looking for our help, as he was looking for Simon's that day. And it changed Simon's life when he, began, when he picked up the cross of Christ to carry it with him. And of course, there's a great tradition in Lent of Generosity in the spirit of sacrifice, generosity in almsgiving, to overcome that avarice we all have, that lack of trust in God by being more generous and helping the poor and the needy. The spirit of sacrifice can help us identify ourselves with Jesus as he goes to the cross, to stretch ourselves. We can also be generous in small sacrifices these days, not just fasting, which we all do on Ash Wednesdays, Good Friday, the Fridays in Lent, not eating meat. But we can seek small sacrifices each day during these days of Lent. And often it, those sacrifices can be just what we call passive ones, accepting what God sends us without complaining without feeling a victim. But the key is to identify ourselves with the heart of the Lord. That's what I want this Lent. And our topic, more specifically, is St. Joseph. 
We're in this year of St. Joseph that goes until December 8th. We're celebrating the 150th anniversary of St. Joseph being proclaimed patron of the whole church, protector of the whole church. And he was, is a silent saint. There's not a single word attributed to him in scripture. Zero, but yes, many actions. And actions speak louder than words. Joseph was a faithful man. He carried out God's will. He threw himself into it 100%. And so St. Joseph is a great model for men called to be spouses, called to be fathers, even more a model for all men, whatever they're called to. He was a man who carried out God's will in a quiet and effective way, and he can be our intercessor. Pope Francis wrote about St. Joseph in a letter this year, fathers are, bo are not born, but made. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Taking on responsibility. That's what we're called to in this life. Whoever, I'm sorry, whenever a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way he becomes a father to that person. Even if you're not a parent, we're all called to take responsibility for people. It could be even our own parents were called to take responsibility for at a certain point in our lives, to care for them, or a relative, or simply a needy person in the community. We're all called to that fatherhood, to take responsibility for people. And we can all exercise that fatherhood in one way or another by caring for people. And what we do to others, we do to Christ himself. Someone recently told me an anecdote of Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, that someone had insisted on seeing her, and the person was rather strange and impertinent. And Mother Teresa said, you know, okay, I'll, I'll speak to this person, and spent a whole hour with that person. Afterwards, one of the nuns commented to her that they were sorry that she had to spend all that time with that difficult person. And Mother Teresa said that for her, it was an hour of adoration. Whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do to me. She saw Christ in that person. It was adoring Christ when she was listening and showing interest. Joseph was an irreplaceable man. God needed him and depended on him to care for and protect and educate the child Jesus. Mary trusted completely in Joseph. Jesus looked at Joseph with complete trust. And we too need to care for people 
They need to be able to trust completely in us. We need that sense of responsibility of Joseph to care for people. We need to bring God, the Father's protection, love, and strength to care for others. This is our mission as men. And we all have work, professions, jobs that are important. But the most important job we have is our family, is caring for people. The children of God entrusted to us. They're gods, but they've been entrusted to us to care for, including educating them in the faith or helping them end their life in the faith with the sacraments. As Jesus and Mary were entrusted to Joseph. And when we come home from work or knock off from our work nowadays, if we're on the computer in another room, it's important that we realize we begin our most important job. When we have to go home and put on our dad hat or a spouse hat and go into that family situation, we should do it with a great sense of responsibility. Our professional work is not an end in itself. It's a means to be able to serve our families, our church, our society. Is that an end in itself? It's a means. And if we hang our heart on our career, we're turning it into an end when it's not meant to be an end. And it can cause a great distortion in our life when we just put our career up as the big goal, my career, and not to see it as a means of supporting my wife, my children, our family, others. Joseph, we could ask him here, help me to be prepared when I go home at night or finish my work on the computer to launch into the house with cheerfulness and energy and not to go into the evening or the weekend feeling like a victim. I've been beaten up. All week, I need to rest and be cared for by the others. I need to be pampered by my wife. I need to have a few beers or a few glasses of wine, watch a couple hours of news at night, take a nap in my dad's chair. No, we go, to ho go home, we need to put on the dad hat. Maybe have a cup of coffee before we go home. So we can go in with a smile and be present for the others and ready to serve the others. For those of you who have children at home in any state, am I ready to spend time with the kids so my wife can rest? Can I volunteer to put them to bed to do to give baths, to help with homework. Am I trying to make Christian customs a part of my family life? We say a decade of the rosary, we say prayers before bed, teaching them prayers. It's important that the kids see dad pray. 
Do I make memories with the kids? Do I read books to the kids? Find time to read books, go through series of books with them. The kids will always remember that. But it takes effort. It takes seeing that our family obligations, our family roles, taking care of people are much more important than my job. My job is a means to that. So I can be like St. Joseph, supporting all these, these people I'm responsible for in life, whether they're my own children, parents, sick people, others in the family who rely on me, including friends who rely on us. Let's not leave them alone. Let's not abandon people. In the gospel, St. Matthew, we read, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi came from the east and arrived in Jerusalem, saying, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. And you, Bethlehem, the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. And we know the story. The Magi found the child. But when they departed, an angel told them in a dream not to go back the same way, not to go back to Herod. And when they departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And stay there until I tell you, Herod is going to search for him to destroy him. And Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. And he stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Pope Francis commenting on this says, often in life, Things happen whose meaning we do not understand. Our first reaction is frequently one of disappointment or rebellion. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Joseph, on the other hand, set aside his own ideas in order to accept the course of events as mysterious as they seemed, to embrace them, take responsibility for them, and to react. These last 12 months have been for all of us an unprecedented time, a worldwide health crisis, upended lives, upended careers, upended families, political disorder in our country, economic disorder, you name it. But Joseph, responded, carrying out what he had to do. He rose up immediately and went to Egypt, solving all the problems, 
overcoming all the problems that were in the way. And so we can ask our Lord as he did, Lord, give me the strength to accept life as it is, to do what you want me to do, to accept life with all its contradictions and frustrations and disappointments. We can ask Joseph for that fortitude to be those fathers, to do what's necessary, to confront things, to discuss things with our wife, to communicate with the spouse, to make a plan, to execute, to not sweep problems under the carpet, but to face them with equanimity, which involves prayer. Lord, show me the way, give me the lights, give me the fortitude to do what I must do. Often it involves taking correction or being ready to fight to change ourselves where we need to, whether in terms of generosity with my time, in service to the others, availability to others, overcoming laziness, dealing with anger, especially with, can happen with older people we're caring for, with older spouse, can happen, the devil gets in there. We gotta pray to St. Joseph to give me peace with the children, how can I deal with this anger issue? St. Joseph, give me that equanimity. I have to pray so I know how to react in the future to, bad, to things that happen. St. Joseph turned everything in his life into a great offering. We have to end. This month of St. Joseph, this year of St. Joseph, this time of Lent should be a time of real spiritual growth. Joseph can be our model in Lent. How readily he embraced God's will, changed his personal plans immediately when necessary, saw his life as a divine mission from God, a path to holiness in the middle of the world of work and family. And he played his role in a hidden way. Now the church is urging us to look to Joseph, go to Joseph to be that father responsible for others working to support my family and serve those around us, developing, developing myself into that father God wants me to be. We can also go to Mary, who's always with Joseph, and the two of them will help us. And they will ensure that we understand our life as carrying out a vital mission that God has entrusted to each one of us that only we can carry out, and that our Lord trusts us to carry it out. We're going to ask St. Joseph, help me to seize this mission, this moment, and put it into effect. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this time of prayer, I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.